from the Sports and Recreation Center on the campus of the College of Staten Island. It's time for the Dolphin Pod, the official College of Staten Island Athletics podcast. With your hosts, David Pizzuto. Smith with a wide open Palinkovic to her left. Palinkovic one-on-one against Mike Camp and it's in. Versada Palinkovic from Narmina Brachic all sprung off the little tap in the backfield by Laval. A great one, two, three punch for the Dolphins, and they're up one nothing. And Joseph Foreman. And the 2-2 is hit out to left center. And if that one gets to the wall, this game could be over. Cutting it off is Windsor. It gets away from him. Here comes Miola. The relay throw to the plate. Not in time. And the Dolphins win it in the bottom half of the ninth inning. A walk-off RBI double off the bat of John Pomerico. And the Dolphins win it 2-1. to one. In-depth stories, reviews, and previews, interviews, and so much more. It's all right here. And now for the Dolphin Pod, here are your hosts, Dave and Joe. And welcome into the Dolphin Pod right here on CSIDolphins.com. Today is Friday, June 26th of 2020, the last day for uh, public schools in New York. Uh, I'm broadcasting from my home in South River, New Jersey. This is David Pizzuto alongside Joe Foreman. Joe, you're at home in Staten Island, I would assume. Yes, I am. And the temperature here is rising. Summer is definitely well on its way. And I think it's underway officially, actually. So summer now underway. And for those public school students, they'll get to enjoy more time at home since they haven't really been in class since the closure of public schools with the coronavirus pandemic. But we're hoping to see some institutions start opening up as we've entered phase two. And by the time this airs, or maybe you're listening to it once phase three has begun, we may even be further along in the process than that. That's right. And um, obviously, if you're keeping your eye out on uh, local news and national news, something uh, extraordinary happened this weekend, Joe, just week, Joe, for for you, especially as a huge Major League Baseball fan. The MLB has announced that their season uh, will commence with spring training, I think, as early as next week. And then uh, by late July, playing games, 60 game season. So um, the first kind of foot entrenched in the waters again uh, is belongs to Major League Baseball. And I know uh, for guys like you, huge Met fan, obviously, um, you know, we've talked about it on the show before. You've got to be ecstatic about that. I'm definitely excited about it. And if the standings had been based on the last 60 games of last season, the Mets would have been in the playoffs and one of the favorites to win the World Series, in my opinion. But I may not believe that baseball is back until I see them take the field and throw the first pitch of the season because there are still more hurdles to overcome for them. And for us, the College of Staten Island, as well as we hope to get a season underway on time in the fall. Yeah, I know that our baseball coach, Mike Morrow, was very encouraged by by the news this week with Major League Baseball. Obviously, that's a good sign because the trickle down would point that more and more things would be opening. But you're right, Joe, uh, all that comes with an air of trepidation about what happens when you do put that many people together. And so uh, a good litmus test of sorts for for what happens the rest of the summer. But uh, definitely that was uh, that was big news this week. But but Joe, it was the second biggest news of the week. The first, of course, was that we had our top 10 uh, rollout with Sportsnet. Uh, back on Tuesday, same day that Major League Baseball had their announcement. And and we know in our world here on Staten Island, that's the bigger news. But but in all seriousness, Sportsnet Top 10 debuts. It debuted with uh, men's basketball against Baruch their senior day. I believe that was our last broadcast that we did for the year because we didn't get a chance to do baseball or softball because of COVID. So our final broadcast on Sportsnet kicks off the uh, summer countdown. Uh, and we'll talk about that before we get to our flashback Friday 
uh, number 10 that we debuted actually just minutes ago on CSIDolphins.com uh, back in the fall with men's soccer. So let's talk a little bit about the Sportsnet top 10, Joe. Uh, this game wasn't really on my radar as as a top 10 uh, shoe-in, but it got the it got the views. It was a big game, notably because of Adiola Latunji and uh, you know James Delahanty, Christian Kopech, another senior. It marked their final game in a CSI Dolphins uniform in front of their home crowd. Uh, it was well attended. The Dolphins fell to Baruch College, but uh, always an exciting matchup when those two teams get together. Definitely, and much like the games that just missed the cut, one of them anyway, that women's soccer game against NYU. This was senior night for men's basketball, and I think that attracts a lot of eyes to the game for fans who can't be there to honor our seniors in person. But another aspect of this matchup that I think made it one of our top 10 most viewed games was that it was a CUNYAC championship rematch between the Dolphins and Bearcats, CSI coming up just short against Baruch the prior season. Dolphins getting another crack at the Bearcats in this one, unfortunately, came up short in this game as well, made a late push in the game, but it wasn't enough to get within single digits. Yeah, and it really was a tough start uh, to the game as well for um, senior Adiola Latunji. He only finished with eight points in that game, but really from the moment that game started to it ended, uh, you know, he was the the center of attraction, at least for the CSI faithful. Every time he touched the ball, he got a nice uh, ovation, obviously, from the uh, from the fans. James Delahanty started that game with a three-point attempt that would have sent the place rocking. He didn't make it, but uh, we saw that towards the last half uh, of the year, too. James, uh, you know, um, setting up shop behind the three-point line to start off the game. So, uh, you know, there were some exciting moments, and like you said, the Dolphins did make a push uh, in that game. Baruch looked like they were going to run away with it at one point, but CSI continued to hang around. They showed a lot of moxie and a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of toughness there on um, on a court, Joe, where, you know, the, uh, the Dolphins believe they finished nine and 16. They played really well at the Sports and Recreation Center all year long, and that made for some good broadcasts. Certainly did. And you mentioned Delahanty attempting a three-pointer to open the game. He actually knocked down a three-pointer. I forget exactly what game it was, but he did open one of the games on one of the Dolphins' first two shot attempts of the game by knocking down a three, and it did indeed send the place into a frenzy. And with the capacity crowd we had on senior night, I think it's safe to say, as you mentioned, that that likely would have been the case again. And you also referenced the Dolphins' success at home this year, 2-10 and 10 on the road for CSI this past season, 7-6. and six at the tank and i know how much tj tibbs and the team value defending their home floor they certainly did that throughout the season unfortunately they couldn't avenge that loss to baruch college in the cuniac championship the prior season and i'm taking a look around the schedule and dolphins did have some struggles against the cuniac this past season as well at times and baruch one of the teams in their former conference that they dropped two games to this past mm -hmm. season as well yeah i was going to say i think that the dolphins split with everybody in the conference with the exception of Baruch. I'd have to go back and, and double check, but um, I believe that the Dolphins, when they did their first turn around the schedule, they they lost uh, some games there that they were able to then win uh, during the second half of the schedule and vice versa. I remember late in the season, the Dolphins actually dropped a home game to Hunter College, uh, a team that they had beaten on the road earlier in the year. So Hunter revenged that loss. But um, I could think of York. I could think of Medgar Evers. I could think of Lehman College. Uh, and um, those were three games that they lost on the first half of the season and were able to make up with wins. CCNY was a team that they beat early in the season and then lost to 
um, towards the end. John Jay was the other school that uh, you, the you read my mind, Dave. Yeah, I have yeah. to say, I was thinking the same thing you were, and I looked at the schedule in front of me and saw a pair of losses to John Jay. Mm-hmm. But I think deep into the season, they were splitting with the majority of the teams in the conference. John Jay was the first team to earn a sweep. But I had the exact same thought you did as I was looking down the schedule. I thought that Farouk may have been the only team to beat the Dolphins twice. But as you said, John Jay did pick up a pair of victories against CSI as well. Yeah. And you know, that, that, that's a good barometer for just how good the CUNY conference has always been in men's basketball. You know, we've seen a lot of sports, Joe, you and I, where, you know, usually one or two teams dominate the roost, you know, like they, uh, they've kind of run the table and there's two or three teams kind of pining for the top, you know, men's basketball in the CUNY has always been, you know, one through eight, one through nine has always been pretty competitive. And, you know, it's rare when you see a number eight, you know, beat a number one in the playoffs, obviously, since the tournament has gone to just six teams, it's, it's been very rare. It's been impossible, obviously, but, um, but, you know, come tournament time, the, the number one and the two seats seem to kind of hold their own, but really, um, those games are all games. And I actually remember, um, a couple of years ago when the Dolphins won the CUNY championship, they beat Lehman, uh, that season when they were the underdogs going in. But if you remember the first round game, the Dolphins, I think, were a three seed and they hosted Brooklyn College and they were going to lose that game. And if not for a, a last second basket, they ended up winning that game by one and then obviously ended up winning their semifinal against Baruch and then beating Lehman College, the, the, the top seeded team. So when that tournament comes around, anything can happen. And this year was a microcosm of that Brooklyn College won the CUNY uh, Conference Championship. And, you know, they had a real ebb and flow to their season as well on the men's side. So, you know, any men's basketball game that you choose to watch on CSI Sportsnet that we hosted anyway is going to be a good one for that reason. All the teams, a great deal of parity and a great deal of competition, a great deal of knowledge that the teams share about one another, how they play. The coaches know each other really well. So, you know, it's almost like playing poker, knowing what the other team's hand is all the time. And uh, it makes for a very interesting bout and always a very entertaining game. I've always said during my time covering CSI athletics that men's basketball is one of the most unpredictable sports when it comes to looking at a team's record, looking at their leading scores, and trying to predict the outcome of a game. You simply never know going into those matchups. And much like this matchup between the Dolphins and Bearcats, we always circle those men's basketball CUNYAC games, or at least we have circled those games on our Sportsnet calendar in the past because many of them have been highly competitive games. And you mentioned Brooklyn College winning the CUNYAC championship last year. I'm taking a look at some of the scoring leaders in the CUNYAC. Adiola Latunji, of course, tops that list, the only player in the conference to average over 20 points a game. Brooklyn did not have one score in the top 15 in the CUNYAC conference in points per game. So for them to go on and win the CUNYAC championship illustrates the exact point you said. Come tournament time, you simply cannot predict which team is going to come out on top. A team gets hot. A team playing good team basketball as well, playing a major role, of course, because Brooklyn, again, not having a score in the top 15, moving over to rebounding, a quick look. They don't have a rebounder in the top 10 and scrolling down even further. I don't see any in the top 20. So Brooklyn, I think their only rebounder on the list, 20 on the 21st and 25th, moving up a little bit, 17. So they do have a rebounder as high up to 17. But statistically, you look at the Brooklyn College roster, probably not the team you would have pegged to win the CUNYAC championship last season. But nonetheless, they made it to the end, came away with the conference title. Of course, we would have loved to have seen the Dolphins get a chance at that conference title. 
but their seniors did receive a send-off on this particular night in the game we're speaking about against Baruch. And despite falling in that game, it was still an entertaining contest, especially late when the Dolphins cut what was a 21-point lead down to 10. Unfortunately, they never got any closer than that. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, Brooklyn and all those statistics, they were one of the teams that the Dolphins did indeed beat down the stretch of the season on the road, mind you, as well. So um, so that just gives you an idea of just how, how uh, you know, how evenly matched all of those teams are. So if you do get the chance, if you haven't seen CSI versus Baruch, it is number 10 on the Sportsnet's top 10 uh, countdown most viewed broadcasts of 2019-2020. Give it a shot. Obviously, uh, raise those numbers for that game. Uh, And of course, be sure to check out the pregame where uh, Joe was on the mic to uh, introduce our our seniors, uh, Delahanty, Christian Kopech, and Adiola Latunji. So, uh, you know, a great night there. Obviously, we didn't get the final result on the scoreboard that we wanted, but uh, very worthy of making our top 10. And, and Joe, when we come back from the break, we're going to feature the Flashback Friday top 10. And I know this is an exciting one uh, for us because we're going to get a chance to uh, sit with men's soccer captain Ryan Lehman as uh, the number 10 Flashback Friday moment features a fall first of CSI defeating Rowan University. And Joe, it was one of those games that you and I weren't able to see in person. It was done uh, on the road. It was actually done uh, at a neutral site tournament. So we're going to get a good chance to speak to Ryan a little bit more about that. Definitely excited to hear about it. I think we covered another game that day as well, women's soccer matchup, right. and then returned up to the offices, wrapped that game up, and received the news that men's soccer had picked up a victory as well. Women's soccer actually winning their game against Penn College earlier that day at noon, played at the CSI Soccer Complex. So it'll be good to hear Ryan's perspective on that victory and more of what went down during that Dolphins win. Yep, and Ryan's one of those players that very rarely comes off of the pitch. So uh, he'll be able to give us some great insight, obviously, a graduated senior who was named the Male Scholar Athlete of the Year as well. So we'll talk to Ryan about all of that and more. The number 10 moment on the Flashback Friday countdown, men's soccer's first ever win against Rowan University that happened this past fall. Stay with us. Joe and I will be right back after this break with men's soccer captain, Ryan Lehman. It's coming right up. You're listening to the Dolphin Pod right here on CSIDolphins.com. Champions know how to seize opportunities. When they see moments of greatness unfold right before their eyes, they push as hard as they possibly can. And then they push harder. Because the heart of a champion never settles, never quits, and never stops giving its all. We are champions. We are Division Two. We go big, we give it everything we've got, and we win on the field, on our campuses, in our communities, for our causes, in our careers. We rise to become champions in everything we do. We are Division Two, and there are no limits here. We make our time count. We set our own path. We become champions on our terms. It's time to up your game, because we're here to play and learn. But most importantly, we're here to discover ourselves, our vision, our heart, our drive, to achieve every goal we aim for, because we want to be champions at the highest level, life. At Division Two, the opportunities are here. Are you ready?
Welcome back to the Dolphin Pod right here on CSIDolphins.com. And welcome back to the Dolphin Pod right here on CSIDolphins.com. David Pizzuto alongside Joe Foreman. Social distanced style. We have a special guest on the phone for this special segment, our Flashback Friday segment. We have uh, men's soccer captain Ryan Lehman joining us. Ryan, a, a graduated senior at CSI, but not before a very decorated four-year career with men's soccer. And the focal point of uh, Flashback Friday, uh, number 10 on our list, which was men's soccer's win over Rowan University. Ryan, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Joe and Dave, for having me. It's a pleasure being on here. Awesome. And, you know, um, Ryan, we, we, we try to keep these countdowns very close to the vest. We try not to give anything away, but obviously we had to, you know, text you and see if you'd come onto the show and explain to you a little bit uh, about how Flashback Friday has worked and, and, you know, what went into your appearance today. So now that you know that, that you guys nabbed number 10 on a list that featured a lot of great, exciting Division II games and an introduction to that, um, you know, to that arena, how does it feel to be number 10? Um, it's pretty cool. It's, uh, it's not something, it's not something that was expected due to all the great moments we had at CSI, maybe the other sports, they all achieved many great things as well, but it feels cool. And it's, uh, it's an honor to host, uh, to have that number 10 spot. Awesome. And, uh, you know, there might be a, another, another game or two that men's soccer has in store for us on the top 10. We'll have to wait and see some developments down the road. But, you know, Ryan, before we even get into Rowan and, and one of the non-conference, you know, major rivals that you've had over the last few years, you know, I want to talk about you personally. You know, I know, uh, John Tardy, our head coach, uh, one of the things that, you know, he has wanted to do and that he's talked about for so long is, you know, building a great culture at CSI and, and making sure that there's a family atmosphere, uh, involved, making sure he's got the great, uh, type of student athletes on the team, scholar athletes on the team. And you can't really get far into discussions with Coach Tardy without him mentioning your name. Uh, you've been a real focal point of this team. And soccer is one of those sports where, you know, the box score doesn't really tell a lot, you know. Uh, but you've really manned that back line. You've seen yourself play in the middle. You've logged more minutes than any other Dolphin over these last four years. So tell me about your career as a Dolphin coming onto the team, what that was like playing uh, for Coach Tardy and developing some great relationships over these last four years. So, well, I met Tardy when I was younger due to travel soccer, and I had, pl- I had grown up playing soccer uh, here on Staten Island. I played locally, and also as well as Christian Cuba. He was my coach at the time, and, um, and, and we, all, we all knew of each other. We knew each other, and uh, we were pretty close due to soccer. Um, Tardy had recruited me at my senior year of high school, and I was actually iffy about joining. I, I had hopes of going away for school. Mm. But uh, I ended up joining last minute, and I was it was probably one of the best decisions I ever made in my life. I, uh, I'm actually very happy I stayed home. Even the CSI atmosphere, the sports atmosphere, it, it, um, I loved it all. Wow, great! And Coach Tardy often references you as a leader on the team and talks about how you're the exemplary student athlete. What was your introduction to the team like? How did the team embrace you? Did any particular players take you under their wing and help? you develop into the leader that you became by the time you graduated? Uh, yes. My freshman year, Ruben was our, was one of our four captains as well as Vasil, Nerman and Jacob. Um, Ruben was our main leader at the time. He was very vocal. He was very physical. He was very aggressive on the field. You know, when he, when he spoke, you, you heard him and you knew like he demanded, he, he demanded a lot of you. And I kind of like 
took that on to myself. I kind of try to implement what he did on the field as my uh, to my game. Um, I try to become as vocal as I could. Uh, freshman year, I, even like growing up, I was not a vocal player on the field, nor was I. I, I was always a captain of my clubs. But I wasn't like the vocal leader that I am, that I'd say I am now. Um, so Ruben really did help me grow. And as well as the coaches demanded a lot from me, they, um, they told me I had to speak. They told me I had to like make my presence strong on the field and also field. So you said you were a bit iffy on joining the team. When did it occur to you that you had made the right decision and that joining the College of Staten Island soccer program was the right decision for you? Uh, it was definitely after it's actually funny i realized it was the right choice for me after we lost to lehman in the semifinal of our conference um i felt like i didn't accomplish what i had wanted to and i and i i needed to come back to try to redeem myself so that's why i decided to stay yeah and you know ryan obviously we're 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 going to discuss this game against Rowan and you know I guess we'll we'll start at the beginning of the season I mean obviously going from junior year to senior year you get hit with this news that the college is going from a division three to a division two and you know that's exciting and that's awesome and that's something that people are rejoicing over but it also meant a lot of concessions on your part and even some of the juniors you know uh on your team this year you know about knowing that you guys didn't have a postseason this year and you know you went undefeated in cuny last year you went undefeated in cuny again this year so it's a little bit bittersweet right to have that kind of dominance in CUNY play and not get the chance to to perform in the postseason. Can you take me to the preseason and the mentality of the team? How does the team, you know, stay focused to do what it did, knowing that you didn't have a postseason and knowing that, you know, it's exciting to make this venture, but at the same time, maybe you guys left some some unfinished business on the table. Yeah, it definitely sucked, uh, especially the way my senior my junior year uh, that season had finished yeah. when we lost in the finals. We felt like we had one more chance this year prior to knowing our move to Division Two, but I personally feel Division Two was the best move for the school. Um, it's only going to make the school's name known better, and uh, the competitive play, the the uh, the work that is going to be required from all the student athletes is just going to demand more from them. Um, how I personally felt, I was it was it was bittersweet. You know, it was it was fun. It was it, it was interesting to know that I was going to be competing at a higher level. But it sucked not having a postseason, not like knowing that I wasn't going to be playing for anything. And during preseason, you know, like working over the summer, working out over the summer, it was hard to stay motivated because you you kind of know that you're not playing for anything. You just know, like, that's it. I'm going to play my regular season and that's it. I don't have nothing to play for after. But what we did uh, during preseason as a team is that we set ourselves smaller goals. So one of our goals was have our first uh school division two win we had a have a what was it we had a have a lower lower than a 1.0 goal against ratio mm. and then we had other goals like offensive goals defensive goals team goals we had academic goals and that and then just striving for those individual goals made it made something to work for it was it was fun yeah and you know that kind of made the starts of the season so impressive for me because you know, on the outside of your team looking in, I kind of look at it like, 
okay, so this team must have been, you know, circling that game against Concordia and Adelphi on your schedule, back-to-back games against Division II teams. So probably these these couple of games before that, the exhibition against Ramapo, you know, Rutgers and, and potentially Rowan, you know, like those games aren't going to matter as much. But you guys in your preseason scrimmage against number 14th ranked in the nation, Ramapo, you tie them 1-1. And then you have a really tough game against Rutgers Camden, a game that really could have went either way. You guys lost 2-0 in that game, but really it was an even game throughout. And then you have Rowan and you pick up your first win of the season against a school that had beaten you uh, all previous times that they had played you before four times in the past. Three of them were games, uh, I'm sorry, two of them were games that you appeared in in 2016 and 2018. Uh, and they had beaten you guys, you know, pretty good. I mean, there was a four nothing win there, a pair of three to one wins. So to get that win over Rowan and just to prepare to play a team like that, you knew exactly who you were going up against. So tell me how the team really got up for that game against Rowan. So um, the day before we played Rowan, we actually had lost, like you said, two nothing to Rutgers Camden. Um, that day we actually. Even though, like, what the stats may say that, you know, it was a balanced game, but they got ahead of us by two, um, we did not play good at all. We were very unorganized, and it just wasn't a good day for us. Um, so we knew we had to make up for that day before. Uh, personally, how I felt, I lost to Rutgers, to Rowan 3-1 my freshman year, and at that time, I believe they were number four, number six yeah. in the country. Mm-hmm. And, like, leading up to the game, I was very amped. You know, it was, like, first big game as a freshman. Um we lost 3-1, and I remember the first like 30 minutes into the game, I was absolutely exhausted because of how much running I had to do. Um, so I always knew, like I knew they were a great team. They're they're still a great team. They probably will always be a great team. Um, so I had a, I was, I, I, I kind of demanded a lot for like from my team as well, from our players. Um, I told them that it was it wasn't going to be an easy game at all, and I was not. I was expecting to go into a battle, but I was. Like in reality, I was not expecting to beat them because of how good they are. But um, I was actually very proud of that day, even though the game ended the way it ended with an altercation. Um, it uh, it was still a great feeling that uh, I, I'll probably never forget because they beat me twice and I had to go out the right way. Awesome. Well, Dave and yourself both mentioned your history against Rowan, and I'm not certain what the format of that neutral site tournament was at Rutgers Canada. Did you know you were playing Rowan? Yes, we did. First day yeah, of the it, was, it was a so classic. It was set. Yeah. Okay, it was a set format. So I think you already answered this question a bit, but if you want to, you can elaborate. Knowing that you were playing them, was that a game that you circled on the calendar ahead of the season, knowing you'd get one last chance at Rowan? Yes, 100%. They're always the top 25 team in the country, and we're always, we're always expecting a great game against them. Even last year, even though we lost 3-1, uh, the game was very balanced. We actually had a lot of control of that game, but they just happened to get ahead of us. But this this year, this past year, it was it was much different. We had control most of the entire game, and we were able to put a couple in the back of the net. And for those who may not be familiar with your role as a defenseman, what were your responsibilities in that game against Rowan? You your team had surrendered three goals the last two games you played in against the Profs. What, what is your responsibility out there on the pitch? And what was the team's approach against Rowan that allowed you to limit them to one goal in that game? Uh, it was just to stay compact, stay organized. You know, we defend as a unit and we attack as a unit. As soon as we start, we get, as soon as we start getting broken down, it's when they're, it's when they could find passes through easily and they get chances on goal. 
So that's how we, that's what we did when we focused on. We knew we had, they had a couple of tall guys and we try to limit their set pieces, limit their throw-ins near the box and near our goal. Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that stands out in that game um, uh, to me, Ryan, is uh, the amount of depth that you guys used, um, you know, CSI and, and Staten Island teams in the past, if there's, if there's one thing that, you know, has really uh, hindered, uh, you know, maybe our, our teams in the past, it's been that, you know, we've never been, we've never had truly deep teams. And, you know, in that game against Rowan, you guys went 20, 21 players deep in that game. You had a lot of players come off the bench. You had, uh, you know, guys like Mo Sal come off the bench. Carlos came off the bench. Bryant came off the bench like he did uh, very often during the game. So you had some real powerful guns coming off the bench. And and Rowan didn't really go deep into their bench in that game at all. Was that something as your career developed, you began to see more and more of the fact that, you know, you have guys coming off your bench that are just as strong as the guy starters. And this is coming from somebody who really never left the uh, never left the field. You know, you, you rarely came off. Uh, yeah, that's, it was actually great to have those, be able to bring those fresh legs into the game. Um, I put all that on Coach Tardy and Coach Kuba, where they've done a great job recruiting over the past three years, and they've been bringing them better and better players each year. Like, in a game like this, when we, if I was to play my freshman year, um, you know, I'd, I'd say someone would come off, and you wouldn't really know who's going to come off. Mm-hmm. But, um, and you don't even know if they're going to put in their best work. But now, in, like, my past senior year, the same exact energy that was off the, that was just taken off the field is going to be put right back on the field. You know, we expect the same from each player, and they all were able to put in the same amount of work, put in what they needed to do. Yeah, so, you know, you guys went up in this game by a score of 2 nothing, a couple of first-half goals. Um, I don't know what you remember specifically about the games, but, you know, I know uh, Phil scored in the 19th minute, and this was after, you know, Rowan was kind of peppering the net with a with a few shots. I think you guys had the first shot of the game, and then Rowan had like four or five shots in a row. A couple of them went wide. You know, Christian had to make some some stops, some some stops on crosses in the box. What do you remember about the actual goals and how they really swung the game completely in your momentum? I do remember they had a lot of the offensive threat in the first 20, in the first 15 minutes. Right. You know, we were getting adjusted to their height. They were playing a lot of set pieces in. A lot of throw-ins, even though we were trying to limit them, it was it was kind of hard to due to their height. They had a couple of like guys that were six four, six five, and me as only being five ten, five eleven. You know, we all struggled defending that. Uh, but once we adjusted and once we were able to settle down, we were able to find the threat and like be able to play around them and find the right way to get through them and and you know head on to goal and finally score. I do remember Phil's goal. It was actually a beautiful goal. He had dribbled it down the left line, cut inside, and and put it up in the upper left corner. And it was a great feeling knowing knowing that we had scored first, so we wouldn't have to play from behind and try to catch up. Yep. You mentioned, given the previous two matchups with Rowan, that you went in not fully expecting to win the game. What was your feeling and your mindset once your team went up two to one, or excuse me, two nothing within the first twenty five minutes? Uh, I, I mean, even in the first 25 minutes, like after the, after you said, you know, um, once we scored the two goals, it was great. Like you, you start gaining that confidence and you're like, wow, you know, we could really do this. It could be like the first time ever. And you just, you play as you, you play, you know, it just brings that adrenaline in and, you know, it just motivates you to play harder, win every single tackle, play every ball correctly, you know, and just motivates you to 
just not to lose, not to give up. And already ahead in the game, 2 nothing. I have the description of the goal as provided by Rowan in the official stats, but with your team leading 2 nothing, it says that the goal that eventually was scored by Rowan was originally blocked and it's squirted by the goalkeeper, uh, Christian Carucci. What do you remember about that goal? Yeah, I remember it was a, I believe it was like a pass back to Christian. Um, and then I'm, I don't remember much, but I know it was a defensive error. They actually should have never scored that goal if we'd never made that mistake. It was, we, we take that, like that goal full of responsibility. It was one of our, I'm not sure who it was, but one of the defenders, we had lost it in the back and they just happened to tap it away. Even like Christian wasn't even in the net at that time. Mm. So uh, you guys did eventually hang on, Ryan. You took the, the uh, two to one win. And, you know, um, obviously based on, and you mentioned that obviously at the end of the game, there was a bunch of red cards that were, that were given out. There was, you know, um, that, you know, there was an altercation. There was, you know, pushing and shoving at the end. And, you know, some of that speaks to obviously the intensity of the game. Soccer in general is a, is a very, you know, high energy and, 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 and a sport that can get out of hand sometimes. What exactly happened there uh, at the end and and how important is it for you guys to stay composed? Because, you know, I always know that if anything ever happens to CSI in a situation like that, the one guy who's not getting involved is probably Ryan Lehman because he's got a cooler head, cooler heads prevail. He's probably the guy looking to grab his teammates and get them away from that area. So, so tell me, you know, what, what happened there and, and how important is it to stay cool in a situation like that? Yeah, it's funny. I, I'm, I don't like to fight, you know, I like to play, I like to play the right way. And even when, I mean, some here and then I'll do a little trash talking on the field, but once it's getting into physical altercations is not my thing. But uh, that game, I remember there was like seven, um, actually, no, towards like the last 20 minutes of the game, it started getting a little feisty, you know, like fouls here and there, dirty fouls. And towards the last 10 seconds of the game, our goalie, Christian Cruci, he had the ball. And I guess one of their players, he was just mad that they were losing. You know, no one wants to lose a game, mm-hmm. but he was mad. And as soon as Christian had punted the ball, he had kicked him from behind. And after that, Krucci, uh, he went like he ran at him to shove him down, and then that's when like everyone started jumping in because you know like hot, uh, heads are hot, no one wants to lose, you know adrenaline's going, and yeah, people get upset when they lose. Yeah, so you know, thankfully, not a great deal came from it. There was a couple of Rowan players that were red carded. Uh, Christian was red carded along with Wilson for for CSI Quintero, and uh, they had to ultimately sit, but for for a couple of games, but. Uh, when you guys did get back to action, Ryan, you know, things, things were, were, were pretty good. I mean, you guys dropped a couple of games. Um, you know, the, the Concordia game, a game maybe that we could have had, uh, that we gave up late. You know, we fell, you know, hard against the Delphi, a, a, a like perennial division two powerhouse. But you guys really did a fine job throughout the entire rest of the season after that. Obviously, against the CUNY, you guys were unblemished. You guys did an amazing job. You got to pick up a Division II win so that you got to check that box off. Uh, things to do with that big win against Felician on the season finale in the last seconds of the game uh, as well. So, you know, when it's all said and done, when the, season's, when, when the season is settled, you know, was this a successful season for you guys? I believe so. Um, I, I'm not too sure if our goals against ratio was less than one. Uh, that was something I took a lot of pride in. Dude, I was like the captain and the center back. So it was something I took a lot of pride in making sure that number was as low as we could possibly have it. 
but I believe it was a successful season. We were able to see what Division Two soccer holds for us. Uh, a lot of young players were able to step up in big moments. Uh, like like you said, Mohamed, um, he stepped up. He became a this uh, the other center back with me. You know, he played a big role as well as Danny Angulo. Um, so it's good to know that even if I leave, you know, someone will still take care of the team. But um, it was a. Uh, it was, I believe it was a, a successful season. I do so. Great. You mentioned before returning from a defeat in the CUNYAC tournament semifinals and being in search of some redemption. Where did the win against Rowan rank among your achievements throughout your career as a team during your time with the team and some of the other moments that may have stood out for you as some of your highest achievements throughout your career? Um, definitely that win against Rowan, that might have been one of the top three moments for me. Um, Beating a, a big school like that, it's it's not something you know that we always do. Even though we can always compete with them, sometimes the the ball doesn't go our way, or you know they just get lucky, or you know they just they just out happen to outplay us. But that game, I personally feel that we completely outplayed them. We were able to put up a fight, and we got the victory. So that's definitely top three in uh like my own personal list. And what is your outlook for the future of the team? You mentioned some of the key players that will help fill your shoes a bit. Though that's that might be tough for someone to do, given your success throughout your career. What do fans of the Dolphins have to look forward to? What do you think the outlook is for this team moving forward in Division Two? I believe I believe they'll do great. You know, we have Mo as the other center back. He's very he's very vocal. He, he's very he could be a great leader. We have Jake Foldis and that. He's been putting in a lot of work over the summer, so I'm ex- excited to see what you'll have for this season. You have Wilson on this right back, you know, another strong defensive unit. Um, let's see, we have Bryant, even though he didn't have the best of season last year, but he, the season before he had 20, I believe, I believe at 20 goals. Um, I'm working a lot over the, working out a lot over the summer with Brenny. Um, Brenny is looking really good. And even a lot of other key guys that I just don't happen to come to the top of my mind, but. I know they're all working, and I know I'm excited for them because I know they'll all do great. They're all putting in the work, and they all have something to work for. Yeah, and it's it's so great to get pumped up for Division Two in that schedule when you really closed out your career against the CUNY in the highest degree possible. You talked about having a, a one-point goals against average. You guys were just a little bit over that this year. But, Ryan, against CUNY competition, six shutouts. Uh, and you know, only giving up a goal against two teams, and one of the other big wins that you guys had this year that had to make you feel good was that three nothing win against Baruch. Uh, obviously, the, uh, they were coming in as the defending champions. Uh, you know, having beaten you guys on on shootout penalty kicks in last year's championship. So to close out your career undefeated two years in a row. Uh, against the CUNY, that has to feel good, and getting those six shutouts and kind of closing that chapter of of CUNY play, that's got to make the team and and you feel really really good. Yeah, it does, and you know we're closing off in a good way. Uh, as you said, we had six shutouts and undefeated in two years. I mean, sadly, I know because it, it reminds me, you know, we did give up two goals or I believe two or three goals in the CUNY this season. Uh, that was hard on me, but it is what it is. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, but yeah, you know, it's good, you know, to see that you've completed that level and now you're ready for the next level. Now level for the, ready for the next level at ECC for the Division Two conference. So it's, it's exciting. It's, I'm excited for them. I'll be almost at every single game, social distance regardless. <laughs> um, we'll, have to, we'll have to sneak you in there. 
<laughs> yeah, no matter get what, a mask. get a mask. I, I'll get five different masks. If that's what I have to do. <laughs> but I'll, I'll be at almost every single game this next season. So I'm excited for them. I'm excited to see what they have. Awesome, and maybe we can get you uh, on the air calling some games for CSI Sportsnet. We might be, uh, you know, might be in the market for some help. <laughs> oh yes, I'll be. I'll be interested. I'm excited. <laughs> awesome. So, so Ryan, you know, you could not have completed your career uh, any better. Obviously, uh, in mid-May when we announced all of our winners uh, for year-end awards, your name came up a couple of times. Number one was for um, obviously team MVP honors. Uh, you know, when John gave us the names of his winners, you know, he basically told Charles and I, this, this one's a no brainer for me. We're going to go with, with Ryan. And then, um, right at the end there, the male scholar athlete of the year. Let me ask you, were, were you even considering a, a win in that category, uh, this year? Did you have your eye on, on any, you know, on, on that award specifically? Uh, I did have hopes for MVP, uh, they were all they were great players. I feel they were, they, they were, you know, they deserved it as well. They put in a lot of work over the season. They had great seasons. Um, male scholar athlete of the year. Uh, I had a little bit of hope, not as much as MVP, but I was not expecting it. And that, that one really did take me by surprise. I was uh, very excited and my family was very proud of me. I was very proud of myself and uh, it felt good to win that award. Great. So the very last memory, many of our fans may have of you is as the male scholar athlete of the year. I saw that released on CSIDolphins.com and our social media. But overall, throughout your career, how do you want anyone who watched you play to remember Ryan Lane and the student athlete, or not only from your performance on the field, but people who encountered you, whether it be in one R or in class, how do you want them to remember you? Um, uh, I'd say, I'd say as a very relaxed, hardworking person. I feel like that's that describes me very well. I'm t- I'm always very relaxed and very calm. You never really see me yelling, you know, doing too much. Um, but I also do work hard. I work hard on the field, off the field. You know, I put in a lot of hours on the books. And I guess that pretty much describes me, you know. I know Joe Masha and I both consider you a very reliable worker as well, always willing to do whatever we needed you to. I know sometimes I pulled you out of the issue room and, had you sit at the end of the court and you did it, no complaints, no questions asked, always willing to help. So I know I appreciated that as well. And now speaking of working, maybe beyond your time at CSI as a student athlete, any chance we see you on the sidelines in the future? Um, maybe. I am actually tardy. I was actually speaking to Coach Tardy that I might actually be a volunteer assistant this next year. Um, it's not something I'm so sure on due to I'll be studying and I'm not too sure if if I'll have a full-time job by then. But um, that's something I'm actually very interested in. I'll, I'll be able to be around the guys almost every single day. and It'll be great. I'll have a free rise to the games as well, so I don't have to drive there on my own. <laughs> <laughs> great point. Um, you know, Ryan, you know, obviously, you know, potentially on the sidelines as a volunteer assistant coach, but but you did mention, you know, you did graduate uh, from CSI this, this spring. It was a, a very strange semester, uh, tell us a little bit about your musings of, you know, COVID and what it did to you guys, you know, academically having to, you know, finish your academic career basically in your own home, studying and taking classes in your own living room or bedroom or wherever you, you kind of set up shop. And, and tell me about where do you go from here? You mentioned studying. Is there is there graduate work in the future for you? And, and what are some of your career goals? So, yeah, the since this past semester went online, it was it was very hard to stay motivated 
um it was very 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 easy to procrastinate especially since you're home all the yeah. time you're like oh i'll do this assignment later but um i just i tend i what i did i i stuck to my own schedule the schedule i was on before and i made sure i was getting my work done but uh but what's next um i'm actually taking my gre this summer i'm actually taking a year off before graduate school so i'll be taking my gre and i'll be applying for physical therapy school or physical therapy grad school um by November. And that's pretty much it. I hope to land a full-time job as a PT assistant somewhere and just keep playing soccer whenever I can, stay as fit as I can. Just, you know, staying active, staying active. Yeah. And that was actually going to be my, my final question. I mean, a lot of, a lot of guys uh, continue to play uh, obviously well beyond college. You know, I know I have several friends of mine who graduated many, many years ago who play in, you know, over 30 and over 40 and even senior leagues, you know, where does soccer still stand with you personally, as far as your playing career? Is it something that you want to continue to play for as long as your legs will let you or, or is there going to be a time that, that you say, you know what, I'm, I'm done? No, yes, a hundred percent. Um, I still want to play almost as most as the most I can, you know, it's something soccer. I I started playing when I was seven years old, and for me to just let it up like that, uh, I don't even think that'll be healthy for me. But uh, uh, yeah, I even now I I try to stay. You know, I go on runs. I I try to touch the ball as much as I can. But um, yeah, I, I see I see myself continuing to play, even if it's travel soccer within in a men's league, just the random pickup soccer leagues, and or through, throughout the city. I'll try to play as much as I can. Awesome. Well, you know, Ryan, it's, it's hard to believe we've been on this call for, for a half an hour now. So we want to thank you uh, for all your time. I know that uh, we tend to have some sidebar conversations throughout the year here and there, but it's finally nice to kind of sit down and earmark some time uh, to go over, you know, your impressions of, of the season, obviously the great game against Rowan and where uh, CSI plans to go in the future. And they can't get there without a, a good bedrock of a of a past and and uh, and good people to kind of usher in this this new uh, Division Two move. And you know, you'll always be. Uh, part of that first team ever that played at Division Two. So, uh, you know, a final thought from you here, Ryan. You know, how do you feel about being, you know, the the first ever player or part of the first ever team to ever play Division Two soccer at CSI? Um, it's something very cool, and you know, it's something I would tell like my eventually my kids and tell my my family members about like history of this uh, college of Staten Island and the move to Division Two. You know, I could say I was part of the move. I was part of the first ever uh, win for the men's soccer program. Right. Uh, part of the first ever, you know, goals that we scored, assists that we that were made. Uh, I was part of all of that, and it's it was something that I'll take with me, you know, for a long time. Excellent. Well, Ryan, uh, it's it's nice to know that you'll be at some games this this next fall. Hopefully, they you know we will be back out there on the pitch watching, you know, the CSI Dolphins play, and we look forward to catching up a little bit more with you, you know, on on the sidelines. Yes, I'm excited. I hope to see you guys soon. All right, excellent. So that is uh, men's senior captain Ryan Lehman, of course, one of the focal points all season long, part of CSI's uh, Flashback Friday number 10 moment of the season, CSI men's soccer win against Ro uh, Rowan, and of course, Ryan, the men's soccer MVP and the male scholar athlete of the year. Uh, when Joe and I come back, we're going to hit a commercial break, and when we do, we will wrap up episode number 25 here of the Dolphin Pod right here on CSIDolphins.com. Stay with us. 
You're listening to the Dolphin Pod right here on CSIDolphins.com. In NCAA Division II, student-athletes leave a lasting impression on their communities. That's because Division II student-athletes want to make a difference and truly be part of their surrounding communities. Through community engagement, thousands of student-athletes from various backgrounds interact with community members who view them as role models. This interaction leaves a positive and perhaps even life-changing impression on all those involved. In Division II, we rise to the opportunity and make community engagement ours. Welcome back to the Dolphin Pod right here on CSIDolphins.com. And welcome back to the Dolphin Pod right here on CSIDolphins.com. You just heard our interview with Ryan Lehman, who got to kick off our Flashback Friday countdown with us. Joe um, pretty much went the way we expected it with Ryan. He's a very well-spoken young man, a a terrific student, great athlete, so incredible to watch him play over these last four years and to get his insight behind the season to men's soccer. That was a, that was a great gift for us. Definitely. And unsurprisingly, a great conversation with Ryan. I've spoken to him quite a bit offline as well during his time working throughout the building. And I know he's worked in the building at least two or three years, perhaps his entire time at the college of Staten Island. But as I mentioned during our talk with Ryan, he's always been a reliable worker for Joe and I, and of course, Joe Masha being the event supervisor and weekend supervisor, and he's been great for both of us. And I know we called upon him to help us a bit on game day at times. And he did so without his hesitation, doing whatever it is we needed him to do, always willing to help out. And that's the kind of player he was as well. And we saw that culminate with the Team MVP award and also the kind of student he is, very diligent and reliable, male scholar athlete of the year, a tremendous end to a great four-year career for Ryan. Yeah, and a great way to kind of start our countdown and give our uh, our listeners uh, a view on what to expect for the rest of the summer. Obviously, from here on out, uh, we will count down uh, Sportsnet Top 10 and the Flashback Friday uh, Top 10 moments. And and uh, Joe, I asked to bring us back from this break. You're the one who usually does because um, I wanted to kind of lead these last uh, few minutes because this is your final broadcast with us on, on the Dolphin Pod. Uh, starting July 1st, you're moving on to bigger and better things. You announced your, your resignation a couple of weeks ago on this show. And I just wanted to get a chance to uh, thank you for the 25 episodes that you were able to uh, do with me. I know uh, we had a lot of fun doing it, a lot of fun, you know, editing it and, uh, you know, uh, making fun of ourselves at times too along the way. But um, the one thing I will say is that, you know, obviously working with you over these last, over this last calendar year, and even before that, it's been a, it's been a great uh, time for me. It's, um, you know, I can't thank you enough for all that you've you've done. I think when we first sat and spoke about the position, the assistant SID position, one of the things I told you was, you know, I it, it's almost a must that the person who takes this job um, that that we be more than just colleagues, but that we be friends because you can't possibly spend eight to 10 hours sitting next to somebody if you don't like the person or if you don't, if you don't see eye (laughs) to eye with them. Right. So, um, so I think first and foremost, before I even thank you for, um, every, all of your service to CSI athletics and obviously to the show is to, is to thank you for being, uh, for being my friend. And that obviously doesn't change. We'll continue to, um, to uh, our friendship will remain obviously. And, and I think that, um, you know, I want to thank you for everything that you've done there and, and for really, uh, advancing shows like this because it's, it's not really possible with, with one person. I'm going to go on and, and do it for a few weeks that way, but I'm going to be 
looking for some guest hosts and things like that, uh, because you do need a partner uh, to do it and to keep you motivated to do it. And that's something that you've been uh, for me in, in more ways than one, even well past the show. So uh, thank you for letting me hijack this so I could say that and wish you the, the absolute best while it, it hurts to lose you. It's exciting for people like me to get to wish you the best for the future because I know that that future is bright and whatever you intend to do uh, post CSI, I know that it's um, that it's going to be you know it's going to be great for you because of the work that you put in, the level of involvement that you have, your attention to detail, your ability to do it well, and your ability to uh, stand behind the work that you do and be proud of it. Um, so thank you for all of that. And, um, and you know, we, we will miss you around here. Well, thank you for all the kind words. And I hope it is bigger and better things that I'm moving on to in the future. But it's hard to imagine a job that I have more fun working than the job I had at CSI. It really is. And as I mentioned several times already, it was an extremely difficult decision for me to leave. But I'm happy that I got to reach the quarter century mark on the Dolphin Pod. It's fitting that we end with a nice round number of 25 episodes, you and I co-hosting. And the Dolphin Pod is something I look forward to each and every week. I mentioned every week all of the great conversations that we've had with our many guests, some of whom that I, I don't get to speak to offline and really got some insight into the, for the first time on this podcast. And you mentioned it already, you and I going back to the office and we, we've edited out more blunders of ours. And we'd like <laughs> to admit as recently as a couple of weeks back. And you know, maybe one day we'll, we'll get a chance to go and hear some of those again. But I know we've also spent a lot of time looking back at some of our old broadcasts, having laughs at one another's expense. And those, those times were, were the absolute best times that I spent at CSI. It really was the time in the office, you and I wrapping up games, sometimes the only ones left in the building. But it was during those times that we got a chance to order some great food. I have to admit that was definitely one of the draws. I have to say I ate like a king during my year at full, uh, full time at CSI. So that was definitely a perk. I love the tank as well, but most of all, of course, the people were phenomenal to me from start to finish, going all the way back to my first game that I worked in January of 2016, and even back to being in your sports management class, the first ever offering of that course at the College of Staten Island, which really got all of this started. And hopefully this isn't the end. You know, I'm withdrawing from public life for just a short while after July 1st comes around, but I'm sure you'll see me at the College of Staten Island once again as a fan. I look forward to that. And when that happens, obviously, um, you know, we'll look forward to that day and look forward to welcome you back. Uh, there's a saying that we have at CSI, you know it very well, once a dolphin, always a dolphin. And that's, uh, and that's where you'll be, uh, for the duration. So, so Joe, on behalf of, uh, myself, everybody at, at the College of Staten Island, thank you for everything again. Uh, thank you for being a part of this show. And, uh, next week, it'll be me, uh, flying solo. Joe will have a little hand in next week's episode. You'll see that next week. But, uh, but until then, uh, this is David Bizzuto for Joe Foreman, wishing you a very good rest of the weekend. Be sure to join us next week when we continue the summer top 10 countdown series with our Sportsnet number nine moment and our flash flash flashback friday number nine moment speaking of edits oh, there's another edit dave <laughs> speaking, another edit. Of, speaking of edits and you know what i'm not even going to edit that one so the so the people at home i wasn't they, letting you that's why i jumped if, in if they if they hung in long enough they can hear exactly what we're referring to when we mention that so number nine moments for, great <laughs> number nine moment for sportsnet and for flashback friday they're coming up uh next week here on the dolphin pod for all of us here we wish you a great rest of weekend You've been listening to The Dolphin Pod. Remember to check us out next week when we bring you a brand new show. And check out our archive broadcast throughout the year. 
you have questions, comments, would like to be booked on the show, or have an idea for a show guest, be sure to leave us feedback, as well as catch all of our shows right here at CSIDolphins.com backslash podcasts. From all of us here at the College of Staten Island, thank you for listening to The Dolphin Pod.